The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we have a special bonus episode. Yes, we do. With Chris Carino, a special guest, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, me, my co-host Ryan Horvath, and PJ Glasser. We interviewed Chris on BetMGM Tonight, our betting show that happens Monday through Friday, 7 to 11. And he actually gave some great insight into what's happening with the Nets right now, and especially with Ben Simmons. Let's get into it, Nick. So drop that beat. Chris Carino, one of my favorite people to interview because he is the radio voice of the Nets and has insight into pretty much everything that's happening with this franchise. In this first clip, I ask him how many games it takes him to figure out what kind of team the Nets will be. His answer, awesome. Chris, let me ask you a question that I don't think I've I've asked anyone before. What do you Where's think, you going with this, Trista? What do you think the amount of time is for a broadcaster to really get a pulse on who the team that they cover is going to be. It's interesting. We, we, we've had, I've had this conversation. In fact, I was talking to my partner, Tim Capstraw today about it. I think it's 20 to 25 games. Yeah, I really do. I think it's 20 to 25 games to really understand how a team's going to handle the ups and downs, how they're going to handle if a guy misses a game or two, um, what they're going to look like against a real rainbow of competition, not just, certain types of teams, how they're going to handle going up against teams they should beat and teams that are in their league, you know? So I, I, I do think you can tell a lot, obviously, uh, in the first couple of games, but I really think that it's the same way with players. Like I had a, I kind of had a five-year rule. Like a, you, you can't really make an, a, a judgment on a guy till he's had five years in the league. And then that's kind of who he is. And I think with the, you know, I remember, I remember talking to a college basketball coach about this when I was at Fordham, Nick McCarchick, and he said, you know, NBA teams, you got about 20 to 25 games to figure out who you are. He goes, but the problem with college is that's a season. Mm. And I think that points to the sort of the, the, the difference between the two, you know, sports. But, uh, but yeah, and I, I really do, I kind of do have a theory on that. I think it's like 20 to 25 games to kind of see who they are. It's interesting because, 
as you say that, I'm thinking about the Boston Celtics that were, I want to say, one or two games under 500 in January. And so yep. for, for them to sort of change identity, is it something that you think in that particular case or certain cases where you could see the writing on the wall that they could be a good team and then they just sort of put yeah. things together and, then, and there was some foreshadowing? Or does that kind of a thing come out of nowhere? Yeah, I, I, last year was a, that Celtics were an extreme example, but because of, because of the drastic nature of that turnaround. But it, it's funny in that conversation I was having today. That's <laughs> the team that came up, and that was the time of um, of the season. So I think you you know sometimes you can see it coming. Sometimes you say, "Wow, they're a sleeping giant," or you know, just there has to be a, a somebody's got to get it. You got to flick a switch, you know. But I I I think. It, it, it can be drastic like that. I just, I just think it takes some time for team to figure out, you know, who they are. And the Celtics finally figured out last year that they were just going to be this, you know, tough ball movement defend, and and they were going to hang their hat on that, and and that's what took them. I mean, that's what carried them. So I, that's a great example. And I really, you know, some teams don't need to make a drastic turnaround, you know, but but there are some that can. And I think after that. 20 to 25 game period, there aren't going to be a lot of surprises. In the second clip, we asked Chris his thoughts on two of Brooklyn's early opponents, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And let's just say he's high on both. You know, I think with, with Memphis, you, you kind of got the kind of team you were anticipating. I think with, because you saw it last year with new Orleans, I remember going into that game, building up to it because it's the first game of the year and you're, you're focused on it. And, I remember saying, wow, you know what? They got C.J. McCollum last year. That's good leadership there. Ingram was good. You know, the big question is going to be, what does Zion look like? You know, but if he's good, man, that could be pretty good, right? And, man, they were just, they were better than even expected. And, you know, with, with um, you know, Jonas Valanciunas as well, you know, they've got such size and not just length. You know, the, people talked about the Nets having size. Nets have length. They don't really have size. New Orleans has length and they have size. I mean, guys that are, they're a wall. So between the leadership of the veteran leadership there in Valentinus and McCollum, the toughness, I mean, Brandon Ingram, it, it's not a fluke anymore. I mean, this is about four years in a row where we're seeing him be an elite scorer. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the coaching is there. I guess it's just a really good group. I, I, I said it after the game, and I don't, I don't hope it wasn't just a, an immediacy bias, but I'm like, that team has as good a chance as anybody to get to the finals in the West. I really think that. If they could stay healthy, I mean, that's always going to be the big key, but can they stay healthy? But they've got the talent, man, to do it. Of course, everyone wants to know, what the fuck is going on with Ben Simmons? No one has a better bird's eye on Mr. Balloon Hands himself than Chris Carino. And his answer, very enlightening. The theoretical Ben Simmons, the one that we've seen be an all-NBA player, first-team all-defense, runner-up for defensive player of the year, that player fits perfectly with the Nets. It's, are we going to get to that player? And, you know, he hadn't played in a year and a half. So you've got to, and and these training camps short now, the team's only been together for a month. And, And so... I really do think that he his game is a fit, but he has to get to the level of where we thought he could be. And if he's not, if he can never get to that level, then it's not a matter of being a fit. It's you know some of these guys have to execute. If they can't, they're not they're not going to help. So I, I think his you know when you when you've got Durant Irving 
you've got all the offense you need. You need a ball mover. You need somebody that's going to get the push the pace, which he does. And you need somebody who's going to be a lockdown defender. And it was disappointing to see a guy like like Desmond Bain go off last night in the third quarter. You know, they they had a letdown in the third quarter. He goes off. He gets a career high thirty eight points, and that shouldn't happen with good defensive teams. And you know, they brought in Royce O'Neal and they brought in Ben Simmons, thinking they're going to shore up defensively. And it's been a little bit of a disappointment. But again, Ben hasn't played in a long time. He it looks like it. This team hasn't been together for a long time. It looks like it. You got to give it a little time to see if they can gel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you think it's going to take for the Nets to be an elite defensive team? And do you think or how much do you think that all depends on or hinges on Ben Simmons? You know what, Trist? I think it does. I think if I think it does hinge a lot on Ben Simmons because it, the guy, as we mentioned, was a runner-up for defensive player of the year a few years ago. He's an all-defensive team player. So you add that kind of player to a team, they're going to be better. And, they're, it's, if, and if he's not, then... You're not. I mean, that's just that's just the way it's going to be when you add that kind of player. He should, if he's healthy and he gets back again, a little more confident. He should be an impact player on the defensive end. Do they need to be an elite defensive team? I always said, do they need to be the '85 Bears? No, they don't, because you can score with Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, you look at last night; they put up 124 points on the Memphis Grizzlies, who were you know a pretty good defensive team but they gave up 134. So, yes, they need guys to help them be defensively. Just be, you know, be a decent defensive team, and they'll win games, but you can't be a bad defensive team. Finally, with the Bucks playing the Nets tonight, we had to ask him if he thought that there was any lingering rivalry between Milwaukee and the Nets. He gave a fascinating answer. Um, I wouldn't say that's what they get up for the most. I, I, I think they have developed a nice little rivalry with them going back to that playoff series a couple of years ago where, you know, think about it. The Nets lost James Harden in the first game. They lost Kyrie Irving in game four. And, you know, they still were the tips of two toes away from winning that series. And eventually the Bucks are on to win a championship. And it may have been, I, I still say to this day, if either Harden or Kyrie Irving had not gotten injured in that series, Nets probably win a championship. So, you know, you know, Giannis sort of, Kyrie Irving still feels like Giannis undercut him. And uh, that came back in a, in a preseason game this year where a similar thing kind of happened. I don't necessarily think he did, but it came back and there was a little bad blood there. So, you know, you know rivalries and teams getting up for one another, that's that's playoff competition. That comes from playoff competition. And they had a great playoff series. And last year, the Nets were in that building and got smoked on the night where Milwaukee got their rings. Um, it's hard to read, though, the personality of this team. I don't – the last couple of years, they don't seem to be the team. They're, they're pretty much the same. It's not like all of a sudden you see them come out and they get fired up to play one team or another. And that's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, too. You know, sometimes I – I used to think, you know, sometimes they thought last year they downplayed some of these big matchups and and didn't play well in them. And I said, you know what, maybe they shouldn't be downplaying these big matchups. They should be getting up for them. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how they come out 
in that game against the Bucks, uh, but they're pretty even keeled. The, the one good thing, and the Nets have had a really difficult schedule to start the year when you think of New Orleans, and then Toronto's always a tough team, and, and then Memphis, and they've got to go to Milwaukee, and then it's going to be the second of a back-to-back at home against Dallas. You know, it's not always a bad thing to start the year against the best in the NBA because you then there's no fool's gold there. There's no beating bad teams and thinking you're, you've got it all figured out. No, these teams are exposing some of your weaknesses right now. So you might take some L's, but you're learning more about your team than maybe if you played some of the weaker teams in the NBA. So if you want a silver lining out of a tough schedule, I think that's it. You know, they're, they're going up against big physical teams, good teams, good superstar players, and you're seeing now, all right, well, this is what we have to do to improve. He's good. He's very well measured. He's kind of like the Sweeney Murdy of the Brooklyn Nets. What a you know? great job, too. You're like, just like watching KD and Kyrie every night, and then it's like, oh, I think I'll fly to uh, watch it's like it Justin Herbert and It doesn't know, really Gino matter if, it's, uh, if the fire is all around him. You can tell he's like, you know, I yeah. am not involved in this. Yeah. You know, he's very much disassociated from, yeah, we're always like, trying to get him to say something us, bad about Tell ben us Simmons. how bad Ben Simmons is. And he's like, I know how bad Ben Simmons is. Like, yo, Chris, I heard he's uh, the reason that... Uh, you know what I'm going to ask him the one. next time is, and he better have an answer. Does Ben Simmons have like real friends on this team? Like, what's their relationship? We saw that photo. Let's bring him back on the line. We saw <laughs> we saw that photo where they were they were at the pizza shop, and it was KD and Kyrie talking directly to one another, and it was like Ben Simmons off to the side, memes galore. Like, does he have real friends? Because in Philly, his friend was really just the photographer of the Sixers. Did- BetMGM Tonight airs Monday through Friday live from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. It is also available on demand on the Odyssey app and in podcast form wherever you find your podcast. Huge thanks to my co-hosts, PJ Glasser and Ryan Horvat, and super producer, Cameron Gray. That is it for this bonus episode of The Heat Check. You're welcome. Check back Thursday for an all-new episode, and do not forget to check out the feed every day because I'm dropping content left and right. Please follow us on The Heat Check as we get you ready for the season. Please download and subscribe. Please tell your friends. And also, follow us on the social of The Heat Check and on TikTok because The Heat Check never sleeps.